0: are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is August 23, 2016. And you know what? It's a little gray outside. I'm confused by this, and let me tell you why. I have two weather apps on my phone, and it is such a rare occasion when they actually agree. I find that entertaining and annoying. So one app is saying, oh, just overcast, no rain, it'll be fine. And the other one is saying, oh, it's going to start to rain at 4. But then there won't be rain at 5. And then there might be rain at like six, seven, eight, nine. So, you know, it's just one of those, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? I have no idea. You know, so it'll be good for the plants. Of course, the plants outside, the ones that are still surviving at any rate, they'll love it if it actually rains. But it does look a little overcast. And it's kind of cool, which is nice. It's not hot out at the moment. There's a little bit of a breeze. You know, I like this time of year because we're starting to ease into fall in Nebraska. Some people don't want to hear that because, you know, it's August and we still have September to get through. And, yeah, it can be hot in August and September. But I look forward to fall because I love when the temperatures start to cool. And they're not too cold, not too hot. It's like the Goldilocks thing, right? kind of like that. So fall is my favorite season. And then probably winter and spring. Summer is my least favorite season it's just too hot here it's hot and humid and I don't really care for it but it's not enough to move away again you know because I do like the four seasons I mean all I like the four seasons a quick update there are openings for the program if you want to be on this show and have a little fun there's one opening it looks like in September it looks like there's an opening on September 6th Um, Just so you know, and then there are openings in October, November, December. So if you would like to be a guest on the Back Porch Rider program, just go over to backporchrider.com and tap on the guest spots page, and you'll see all the instructions there so that you can get scheduled to be on this show. So I have a a returning guest for the show today, Frank O'Neill, and I love talking with him. He's so much fun to talk to and talk with and chat. He's a very knowledgeable guy. He's been all over the place, and he's a poet. So today I titled the episode How to Become a Successful Poet, and he had no idea that I was doing that (laughs) because oftentimes the way that I operate, FYI if you've never been on the show, I don't do a lot of prep for for you as a guest. Um, When you call in the five minutes before the show begins, that's your opportunity to get a heads up about what we're going to be chatting about. So that's one of the reasons why it's pretty critical that you call in about five minutes before the show So that we can check audio levels and I can say, hey, here's what I thought we'd talk about because I generally don't get a chance to communicate with you before that. And honestly, I wouldn't have thought about it much in between that time anyway because I kind of like the spontaneity of, of things. And so what happens is I go and I look at your stuff and read your bios and things and I'm like, oh, that'd be a great topic. And then I use that five minutes before the show to say, hey, this is what I thought we'd do. What do you think? And I figure everybody can handle it, and it's lots of fun. And Frank, of course, is one of those people. I knew, I knew he could handle it. So I said, hey, Frank, we're going to talk about how to become a successful poet. And so that's what we will be doing, among other things. So, Frank, welcome to the Back Porch Writer Show again.
1: Well, thank you ever so much. It is a pleasure um, that um, <laughs> I get to uh, share some time with you, um, especially um, given our history. Um, I've got good news to spread.
0: Yes, I know, and I was so excited about that. I, was, I will say this. We're going to tease people a little bit because we're not going to tell them yet what it is, but I was excited to hear about it, and I, it would have been nice if we could have got you on a little bit sooner, but it's not too late, so that's cool. That's very, very cool. But before we get into that and, and tell them what the exciting stuff is, because it is really exciting, um, what have you been up to? besides that well um, i've been working
1: um i've been writing um for the last uh about five months um i produced um over 30 pieces of poetry um which cover the gambit um and um i've just been working on that um on that mood swing and by that mood swing what i mean is is um as a writer um um, I get an I get an itch to write. Um, something will stimulate me, and um, for this past four or five months, um, it just hasn't stopped. And you know, I just I go through one piece, and and then as soon as I finish that piece, and I pick up another, and um, it's just been really beautiful for me as a writer and poet.
0: Now, do you do you end up with some sort of theme across the poems?
1: um what happens um with me is I'll get an idea um based on like I'll be watching the t v show for example, and um um let's say some some music comes on and and it's getting right to a critical point where they where they where the character is getting ready to do his thing uh, rather good or bad, and then that thought process then I'll get an idea and then Typically, I write a title down first, and then right when I get the title, then everything else comes. usually flows right after that. I mean, there are some pieces that have taken me uh, quite some time to write. And, for example, um, my signature piece in my first book, I Do Not Use the N-Word. Now, that was a piece that took me three years to write, and I'm glad Mm -hmm. that it took me three years to write that piece.
0: That is my favorite one. That, that's absolutely my favorite piece
1: yes um and uh it uh one of the interesting things about that piece is that um now um for your for your audience um, there are two video adaptations of that piece, and it's just overwhelming if you if you could look at it from my perspective um One I thought was cool, but now there's two. There's literally two, and Mm -hmm. it's just, wow. You know, I just sit back and smack myself upside the head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the second one that's been done, it's not released or anything yet, is it? No,
1: no, no, no. Um, Right, okay. The second one is specifically for... um, Want to utilize to uh uh for college campuses to uh possibly get on the um um speaking tour or the college uh, you know something like that and I'm using that as my piece as an introduction. Because it's a little bit oh, more awesome. forceful and more hard hitting
0: Yeah it is. Yeah it is. Without a doubt. There is so much emotion in that piece. It is amazing actually to me. And I I that every time I hear it Read it, I just it chills. You know? It's an it just yeah, a, a yeah, wonderful and that's what, piece.
1: yeah, and um I, I, I have to thank the uh Great Plains Black Museum um for allowing me um for having me there for a book signing. And then number two, um my agent, uh Lisa Pelto, she says, uh, Frank, give him a different shot this time. And uh that's what came out and it was just it just really worked out very beautifully.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that second video Who'd you work with to create it?
1: Uh, a lady uh, Her late, uh, her last name is uh, uh, White um, I don't want to mispronounce her first name um, Mrs. White was the uh, Videographer She was hired by the Great Plains uh, Black Museum um, To shoot uh, My book signing And um, she's who I work with And then after we had uh, after she had filmed it, she uh, she just simply happened. She said, Frank, uh, do you mind if I, you know, drop some things in there? And I said, uh, no, ma'am, not at all. Um, you know, you have my license to, to go ahead. And let me tell you, um, she, she did some phenomenal work. Uh, I believe her first name is Victoria. Um, but don't... I might I might be wrong but um my memory if mem- if my memory is correct but uh she uh she asked me this one question um which was very significant and that question was she says um, did you see uh Richard Pryor's movie live on Sunset Strip and I said ma'am that is the basis of why I wrote this piece um and then she portrayed that from that voice um and um i'm just overwhelmed i'm just sit here and scratch my head how how people can can take my word and 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 take it to a a level of understanding and completeness that um you know leaves no stone unturned um and and, Mm -hmm. and that is the beauty of of literature and more specifically poetry
0: Mm-hmm. Now I, we may have chatted about this before, but I, I'm coming back around to this. Why is poetry so hard? <laughs> Why is it so difficult to write poetry? Because it really is, from my perspective, I find it excruciatingly difficult, and so I just don't do it anymore. I gave it up years ago. So, well, what, what makes it so difficult?
1: I think if I'm going to be if I'm if I'm going to hit say this correctly. There are things in life that 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 come easy to us, and there are things in life that you know we have to add just a little bit more. Um, now, for me, when I first wrote my first two poems to my parents, that was hard because I had to sit back, concentrate, and then put myself in a field of view that I'm speaking to my parents. Now, what do I really want to say to them to convey, you know, my love and appreciation? Once I had completed that, and then I presented those two poems. I actually read both of them to, to my mom and dad in that Christmas in 1983. Um, their response to to that it then became easier and then the more that I wrote, for example when i when I left home that christmas in eighty three to return back to Dallas, Texas, as soon as we got back to Dallas, I was with my my second wife um that evening, I just took out my tablet. And I wrote 15 more pieces of poetry and things that, you know, I put the title down and just words flow. Um, In other words, what I'm getting to is it, when I first started, it was hard. And then the more that I wrote, the easier it became. And that first acknowledgement um, which was genuine by my parents. Um, that's what propelled me, and I haven't stopped writing since.
0: So do you, you know, I wanted to say, you know, how, how do you become a successful poet? What are your thoughts on that now that we've just chatted about this piece? Um,
1: how to become a successful poet? I believe the way that a person um becomes a successful poet, um, first of all, um, the individual should have a thought process of where they want to end up. And by where you want to end up, I mean you can write poetry just for the pleasure of writing poetry and then you can write poetry for the pleasure of that I want to take this to its uh, fullest blossoming, which then means you can you want to be able to put a collection together in a book and, and so on and so forth. Um, but the first thing is to determine where do you want to go with this art form. And then once you have determined that, um, let's just say you just want to... Um, just wanna uh write and read from that standpoint, so far as poetry is concerned um you can do that um however um it would it would seem that as you're on that journey, if you take just just for the pleasure of it, you will then come across the crossroads or come up to the crossroads where do you wanna take this further? And when I started writing um my purpose is that I wanted to go all the way for the for the for the gold ring um and uh that that's what drives me and 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 initially um by my with my parents' genuine response I mean that was the the spark that propelled me and um I'm still on that road and still enjoying that journey and taking it you know one. One book sale at a time, so to speak.
0: Mhm. Well, I'm so glad that you touched on the the whole spark idea because I just finished a book called Drive. I think it's by Daniel Pink, um, and he taught, It's all about what motivates people. The mm-hmm. the surprising thing facts about what motivates people, and he talks about uh, what I call MAP, which is Mastery, Autonomy, and Purpose. And people need to. Everybody wants that. Everyone wants to have Mastery, Autonomy, and Purpose. And it mm-hmm. seems as though you were able to tap into that uh, pretty early and just sort of stay there. I mean, I was reading your bio, and you you talk about in your bio um, that you were in high school, and your teacher recognized that you had this gift. And it, yeah, so and now this sent you on a this totally passion. foreign to me.
1: You know, I mean, I was the thing that saved me when I went to high school was a fact uh, um, for your audience. I went to uh, an all-boys prep school here in Omaha, Nebraska, what I consider the greatest high school in the world, and that is Creighton Preparatory High School. Um, and at the time that I attended uh, Creighton Prep, it was 1962 to 1966. There were only uh, seven young men of color. We referred to ourselves as the Magnificent Seven. And what saved me um in those early days with regard to how to get along with uh um, what I refer to now as the melanin less ghost society is the standpoint that I had my music um since the third day that I attended prep, I was placed in charge of the pep band and that's that's what saved me and then for the incident that happened and and what occurred in my junior year—it's like it, that came out of nowhere. But it, there was a reason why that happened, and I embraced it. And then when my wife then says, "Well, Frank, you're a smart guy. Write him a poem." It just brought 1965 back up, and I just, boom, it just flowed, and um, mm-hmm. that's when I knew that this was what I. It, This is what Why I'm Why I'm here If that makes sense
0: We have a caller On the line I'm going to see If that caller Has a question for you So Hold on one second Uh, Welcome back Porch Rider Do you have a question For Frank? Uh, Yes
2: um, I have a question Um, I'm a poet I'm a political poet And also a social scientist And I would like to know Basically um, What do you think um, a poet. What do you think a broken heart is better for, being for poetry or basically um,
1: for for regular people? Could you say that again? Is poetry for?
2: I said, um, do you think that poetry is for the broken hearted? Like, do you think being a poet is apologizing to a government for bleeding so
1: much? Oh no. Mm no. To me from my standpoint the way when I look at literature to me the saviors in the world of literature are number 1 philosophers and number 2 poets because for without them um we as as a society at large uh uh we don't have the ability to distinguish and herald herald some things. Um, And and I'll present that to you from that fashion. Um, To me, poets uh, disseminate um, the ability for us to make choices and reaffirm those choices, um, whether they be right or wrong. Because, number one, To have the ability to write and put it down and then bless the mic with it It takes a unique talent in and of itself. And 99.9% of the time when you are reading your work, you are reading your work to an audience who wants to hear your work. So therefore, that is the beauty that is the beauty
2: so it's like telling the honor of someone
1: else's story while living through the horrors of your own yes it can be and it can be the flip side of that as well it can be taking an ideal and say this is what the sacrifice is for the ideal um do you want to make that sacrifice you know from your voice and your perspective um and to me that is the beauty of of uh, a poetry within the world of literature because you can ask ask and answer and declare and compare and consider all at once. And so
2: that will be more like an educator than an entertainer? That would be more like an educator you are both. than
1: an entertainer? A poet is both. He's universal. It just depends on how you are going to present your material.
2: Well, if I presented material material as an activist and and as an artist, right, would I be would I be basically being a good poet or a mediocre poet?
1: No, because I want to be no anytime, anytime any my approach is anytime that I have the ability to bless the mic, I am projecting that piece that I have determined that I'm going to read that day, such that. Then I'm going to give you 150 with regard to me presenting that piece to you in this format, such that um, hopefully you readily understand where I'm coming from. I do.
2: Because Holler, when thank I Thank you haven't... so
0: much for calling in. Okay, thanks. We, for having I'm on. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if you have more questions for Frank, Um, I'm sure he will give his information so that you can contact him and ask him more questions. Thank you. Thank you. So, Frank, you keep saying this term, uh, bless the mic. Yes, ma'am.
1: To me, um, what is beauty is when an individual decides that he is going to go to an event and he is going to put his soul on the line by reading something that he has composed, he or she has composed. And that's what I mean by bless the mic Um, from the standpoint that you took the time to write this piece and now through the Mud, the blood, and the beer, you are going to <laughs> speak this piece to the world. You're going to introduce your thought process to the world. And that, to me, is a blessed event.
0: So, okay, we've kept people waiting for a while. You need to. We have a couple minutes left. Tell everybody your exciting news and what happened with you. Okay,
1: um, on the from the 6th of January to the 17th of February, the Nebraska Arts Council, um, with a video that was submitted by Jason Fisher, uh, owner of Surreal Media Labs, and myself. The Nebraska Arts Council named that submission, Surrealist Poetry Video, thus creating a brand new classification of poetry. And we will be blessed by the Nebraska arts council with a six week exhibition. I invite all to come out, um, to see a new form of poetry in the world of literature. And it's so exciting. Um, I'm just jumping up and down and chomping at the bits. Um, I will also have other things, um, available, um, for you. Um, for my, those who come by, um, some videos, a uh, video package, uh, as well as some uh, recordings um, that I have done. Um, and I will cover the full range. And that is, again, from January the 6th through February the 17th. And that will be taking place at the Fred Simon um, Art Gallery, and which is located on 10th and Farnham. Um, and you can contact Nebraska Arts Council for further details.
0: Well, congratulations on that. That is so amazing. I mean, it just is amazing. And really quickly, uh, tell everybody, what is this Surrealist? What is that?
1: Surrealist poetry initially is the, when we, as a culture were brought to the United States, we did not have a language. We adapted and adopted our own form of communication amongst ourselves and whatnot. And if we go back to Phyllis Wheatley, who was first published back in the 1775s and go forward to then look to see all of those uh, individuals who were, were published, we could, Surrealist poetry used to be referred to as a uh, broken form of English. However, it is much more expressive than that general outline, and that is the form. uh, My hero is a gentleman by the name of Cootie, or Country Cullen, and his piece is Bird in the Gilded Cage. Um, If you read that, um, you will then understand the history uh, and the journey that we as people of color have taken with regard to literature, and that's why I write in this form.
0: Well, I've put uh, Frank's information in the uh, description here, so there's a link to get to his website, so you can reach him that way. Are there is there another way for people to reach you, like the young man who called in? Is there um, another way for him you to can
1: reach call, you? You can reach me on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook page um frank o'neill um and then um um when you reach out there you can scroll down the left side of the page and you'll see additional pages my frank s o'neill page is my what i refer to as my business page and that's where i have um um all of my information some videos i also have links to my various websites uh my website, um, I have so I have a link uh to I do not use the N word site which I merchandise uh things, um coffee cups and and, and notions mm-hmm. with regard to uh I do not use the N word um and uh, videos and whatnot. So um Facebook is a real good way to capture my attention and then um off of that Facebook I'll be you know, people will uh Get a full understanding of where I am um, in upcoming events and so on and so forth.
0: Well, Frank, thank you so much for coming back to the show. And you're just such an awesome guest. I love talking with you. (laughs) So thank you for coming back. Oh, well, thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You I really appreciate
0: that. <laughs> okay. And good luck. I'm going to ma- see if I can get to this exhibition. So, okay. in January, okay. we'll see. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Have a great I'll day. I'll be looking
1: forward to you coming there now, Kim. Okay. Corey. All
0: right. Uh huh. Yep. Okay.
1: Bye bye.
0: All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Everybody needs to check this out. I'll put more information. Um, I didn't update the Backbridge Writer website yet. I'll update that and have this information about um, his event, his exhibition. Um, and the Facebook information and all of that. So you can go over to Backporttryer.com. Don't do it yet because I haven't gotten over there to update yet. But by the end of the day, that page will be updated, and you can see the information for Frank and, and how, the best way to get a hold of him. So I hope you got something out of this show, How to Become a Successful Poet. In my mind, Frank is probably one of the most successful poets that I know. I mean, he, just, he does so many different things. And definitely check out I Do Not Use the N-word. That is phenomenal. So again, I'm your host Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit backporchwriter.com for details. I'm your host Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write.